Welcome to The Luxentis Show, where I share tips on how to create and lead successful people-centric organizations. Hi, I'm Jocelyn Moriners, CEO of Luxentis, a leadership and team training company offering at-your-pace online courses and implementation-style workshops. Make sure to check out our website for available courses and download the top five reasons businesses struggle to attract and retain top talent and what to do about it. As a leader, no matter at what level, you will likely at some point find yourself wondering whether you are making the right decision. The degree of self-questioning will likely vary depending on your knowledge, skills, experience, as well as how you feel about your role as a leader. Now, for most, the doubts will pass quickly-ish, and you'll move on with your day. But for some, making decisions with high levels of impact create constant anxiety to the point of it being incapable of actually making a decision And in extreme cases, it can devolve into an actual case of imposter syndrome. So what can leaders do? Should they find themselves potentially dealing with imposter syndrome? The very, very first thing is let's understand what it is that you are dealing with. The Oxford Languages defines imposter syndrome as the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. People suffering from imposter syndrome may be at risk of anxiety. Now, if we look at how the National Institutes of Health describes it, it says a behavioral health phenomenon described as self-doubt of intellect, skills, or accomplishments among high-achieving individuals. Now, when I was looking at those definitions, trying to understand more what it is exactly when we're talking about imposter syndrome, well, the very first question was, is this an actual medical condition? Like, does it require necessarily professional help and perhaps even medication in extreme cases? Well, the American Psychological Association states that it isn't an official diagnosis listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Okay, fine. What? (laughs) That doesn't mean it's not real. Just because it's not in that official book, it's not an official diagnosis listed as a mental disorder, it is still very much real. It doesn't mean that it's a made-up thing. 
The APA also states that psychologists acknowledge that it is a very real and specific form of intellectual self-doubt. Imposter feelings are generally accompanied by anxiety and often depression. So when we consider all of that and we think of the impact that it may have on an individual, although it doesn't require medical professional attention, it may still not be a bad idea to have that considered. It might not be a bad idea to speak to a licensed therapist, speak to a doctor, especially when it gets to be so bad that it reaches high levels of anxiety, levels of depression. So when you reach that point, it should definitely be looked at. So once we kind of understand what it is, what else can we do? Well, another thing is to acknowledge and reframe it. So acknowledge that imposter syndrome is a thing. Don't label it. Don't start judging yourself. Don't start saying, oh, I'm so weak or I'm so dumb or I'm so this or that or the other thing. It's just a feeling that occurs. It's something that is happening. So observe it. Recognize that, yep, this has a name called imposter syndrome. This is what I'm feeling right now. Okay. And just let it be. Just kind of sit with that information. Because what can happen is if you start adding those labels, if you start saying, oh, why do I feel like this? I'm a terrible leader. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Who am I? And what am I doing? And maybe I should just move on and do something completely different. Well, it's just going to make it worse. If you start judging it, if you start labeling it, if you start shaming yourself, you are just going to make it worse. And if you paid close attention to the definitions I gave you, one thing that stood out is that it is common. If so many people are talking about it, if the American Psychological Association is taking the time to talk about it, to mention, okay, no, it's not, but it's still a thing, it's because it's prevalent. It is a common occurrence. So you are not alone. You're not like this odd individual with these silly thoughts. Like, no, a lot of people feel this way. So recognize that, that, hey, yep, it's a thing. And several people, uh, I'm going to say suffer because it, it, it is suffering when you get to the point where it's anxiety and depression. So a lot of people suffer from this. And it's about how do we deal with it? And one of the ways to deal with it is acknowledging what it is without the label. So start removing that shame for yourself. Start removing that idea that you're less than other perhaps leaders. You don't know what's going on in their minds. So just remove that and recognize that it's common and just acknowledge that, hey, this happened. And I would say that it might creep in, especially when you're trying to solve a problem and it takes longer than you expected or things aren't going well. It might creep in and you might start having those thoughts. So if you are, 
and just remind yourself that, hey, a lot of people are struggling with this. Oh, I see what's happening with myself. And just, just acknowledge that. And as part of this, I know that personally, I have spoken with many experts in their field who have had days where they question their abilities. Okay, full disclosure, I have days where I question my abilities. And it's normal. Like, if we walked around never questioning ourselves, I would say we'd be pretty arrogant, right? Am I saying no? No, I'm always right. Everything always goes as planned. Everything is perfect. Well, and I'm the leader. Of course not. And so it's just acknowledging that this is happening and also the degree at which this happens. Because if you don't address it, if you start adding that shaming, that blaming, it can become much, much worse. And so what we're trying to do is make it easier to deal with. And I'm not saying that means, you know, go ahead, like shoot it, shoot, shout it from the rooftops, you know, make, make lengthy posts, social media posts about it. No, no, no need to make the big uh, videos there where you're, you're crying admitting to the world that you suffer from imposter syndrome. Okay, no need to do that. Like, that's just, no. And, and you know what? Like, no judgment for the people who do that. It's just not my personality, and I don't think it helps, just personally. Uh, and again, just my own little opinion. So no judgment on anybody else. You do you. In my opinion, I think there's no need to do that. I think that there are other ways that would be much more uh, helpful for you to deal with it. And a way of doing that is reframing it because there are, it, it comes in various degrees, right? Uh, so you, you might have it where it's just the, the, a question of, okay, what am I doing? Am I making the right decision? Revisiting the information to the point, like the other extreme is being paralyzed, maybe like um, para, para, uh, paralysis by analysis. I believe that's, that's the, the term. Uh, to get to the point where you, you can't even do anything because you're so afraid of making the wrong decision, so afraid that you are not capable of analyzing and coming up with something that makes sense that you just don't do anything. And so, of course, there are two extremes. Uh, but as you, you start reframing it, then it will help you view it differently and intellectualize it. And I know that for myself, when I start intellectualizing it, it certainly helps create a detachment. And that emotional detachment actually helps create a bit more of an objective view. Because then I'm trying to solve a problem or challenge as opposed to living an emotional difficulty. I'm not saying that you're not going to feel the pressure, you're not going to feel the stressors, but at the same time, if you, you try to just make it more of an intellectual exercise by creating detachment, by recognizing what it is, maybe even going back and reading those definitions, being like, okay, this is the, the definition. Yep, it looks like I'm suffering from this. Okay. So how am I going to go about uh, addressing this? Okay, now I've recognized this is what I have. I'm going to reframe it. I'm failing right now uh, that I'm not able to make a decision. 
okay, well, uh, knowing that this is what it is, I'm not going to shame myself. And then I'm going to do step three, which is make a plan to address the root cause. And what does that look like? Once you've done all your observation. So what does that look like? Uh, you could find professionals to talk to. Like depending on how bad it is, you may want to talk to a therapist. But you may also, and if it's not an and or and nothing is much mutually exclusive, you could have all of these things, whatever works for you. So it could be a therapist. You could speak to an entre other entrepreneurs and just speak to someone who's, who knows what it feels like, who, who knows what that pressure feels like and talk to them about it. So other entrepreneurs, talk to other leaders, uh, talk to a mentor, uh, talk to a coach, a business coach. So whoever that uh, can get what you're saying, who has been there, done it, understands it. And someone who knows that pressure, knows that, that feeling and the anxiety that accompanies it. I'm not saying that necessarily they may have it to the degree that you may have, but at least it's within the realm of, in that way, it, it's an understanding that can help you feel seen and, and heard. And uh, I, I think, so that's, I think what, that's why it's really good to, to talk to someone about these things, no matter who you decide that person is. Uh, and something that also helps when you're trying to come up with this plan to address it is think back to see what may be causing this. So did something happen where someone made comments about your abilities? Did something spectacularly failed and it shook you up and you haven't quite recovered from it? Try to dig and see if you can't come up with something. Like, put on your detective hat. Try to come up with um, like a detachment. As part of that detachment, try to come up with that almost professional, intellectual overview and curiosity so that you can potentially identify how it came to be, especially if it's that bad. And you know what? Coming back, if it's really that bad, maybe a therapist can help guide you in that reflection. But if not, maybe in just talking with somebody else, like another entrepreneur, another leader, a coach, whatever, that could help you figure things out. Because once you start figuring out what is at that root cause, let's say it's an incident that happened, then you can start evaluating the incident. Again, try to do it as detached as possible, without labels, without judgment, and start seeing whether there are lessons learned from whatever it is that led you to feeling this way. And are there any lessons learned that could help prepare you to properly deal with similar situations in the future? Because that's what we're trying to do, right? Uh, we're trying to build up your skills further. Because once you do that, you're going to feel more confident that you will be able to handle those things. And that could be reading a book. It could be taking a course. It could be just developing your skills with someone. So those are all things that 
could help address those feelings and make you feel more confident and secure in your ability to make appropriate decisions and evaluate information. Something else that is really, really helpful is keeping a journal of successes. If, if you look back at those moments, you know, when you're feeling particularly vulnerable, let's say you're about to give a big presentation, you're concerned about the solutions you're going to be presenting, break out that success, I'm going to say spreadsheet, and look back at your successes. And that should help kind of remind you that, hey, I, I've made some really great decisions as well wasn't all bad. That little reel that's playing in your head, the highlights of all the disasters, like try to create a reel of all the successes. And so that might help just looking back on those moments during moments of doubt. Uh, and another thing that is really, really helpful, and that's part of uh, the, all the people that you can talk to, know who your cheerleaders are. And maybe that means when you've got something really, really big to present or really difficult to present, maybe you you tap your cheerleader in and say, hey, can I just talk to you for like five, 10 minutes? I just really need a cheerleader right now. And just just get them shaking those virtual pom-poms and go, rah, rah, you got this. So that can also really help. Now, at the end of the day, it's not about faking it. Okay, from my perspective, dealing with imposter syndrome isn't about Faking it until you make it. Now, to me, it represents the negative voices inside our heads that create self-doubt. From simple self-questioning to debilitating anxiety. And depending on the degree of severity, just make sure to seek out the appropriate level of help. Once the debilitating part has been brought back to a more manageable level, start addressing it like you would any other problem. Recognize it. Try to locate the source of the problem and come up with a plan to address it at its core. It may not completely get rid of it, but at least it will help give you back that sense of being a bit more in control. And by implementing an actual plan, it will highly likely over time diminish its power over you and provide you with the skills and tools to address it as any other challenge that comes your way. I hope this episode helped generate ideas and potential solutions. If you know someone who could use this message today, please make sure to share it with them. And if you're feeling particularly generous, why not rate and review wherever applicable? I'd really appreciate that. So thank you for listening and let's all continue working on creating and leading successful people-centric organizations.